1, 2, 3, 4. 4 is a terrible thing for this. 4 like is like very, yeah, very intense. And 4, yeah, like, <laughs> should I sink with a K? Should I think with a T? You know? <laughs> the problems of a podcaster. <laughs> I know. I wonder what. Well, do musicians do like 1, 2, 3, 4? The countdown? I <laughs> guess. I don't know. A 1, a 2, a 3, a countdown. Uh, so how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm getting I'm get, like this is the sixth season. Is that a, that's not a thing? Sixth season. Um, sixth season. <laughs> okay. Not the sixth. I mean the sick, as in sickness. The uh, sickest <laughs> season of all. <laughs> it is November. the changing of the seasons is usually problematic. So you know, around fall and 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 what's the the other one? What's before summer? Uh-huh. Spring. <laughs> it's late <laughs> it is late uh, <laughs> that one uh, is it fall or autumn I say fall I learned autumn yeah I think one of them got like one is legacy legacy vocabulary yeah <laughs> like, was this but fun fact in French we say autumn which is like autumn but I feel like it's kind of like um, people who say supper instead of dinner <laughs> I always find that weird who says that who says well, that well <laughs> know some people will, will recognize themselves <laughs> okay Ooh, wow. is this the subtweeting but yeah it's, it's sub, sub podcasting <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah it's like technically uh, both are valid but one of them is just a little weird but one is clearly wrong <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> love it uh okay it works for me <laughs> Uh yeah. So anyway, so you know, uh, every once in a while I have a thor- uh, sore throat, uh, and then I get the sniffles, and then it's like me and Debs, and you know. So anyway, it's just annoying. It's it's an annoying uh, part of the year. Also, the fact that this weather, this country, this weather is still new to me, kinda. You know. So I think my like my body hasn't really uh, come up with all the the defenses. Uh, <laughs> so I'm still you know. But it's okay. Uh, overall, can't complain. It's fine. Uh, yeah. How nice. about you? How are you? Cool. I mean, I'm I'm glad you're back. Uh, I'm actually doing great. <laughs> it's so weird to say, but it's like, no, but it's like, I feel like, I don't know if you get this sometimes, like when you come back from vacation, I feel like the next few weeks after I'm back from vacation, it, like it's it's not like sickness or anything, but it's just like, there's kind of this post-vacation blues, <laughs> I feel like, that you're in. Mm. Where it's kind of like, eh, like, everything's kind of chugging along. But, like, you're you're trying to catch up with all the things, but it never feels satisfying. And I feel mm-hmm. like I am finally back up and running, firing on all cylinders, uh, yeah. making things happen. Like, it's just, it feels really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually pretty happy with where things are at. It's like the law of inertia, you know, like... Uh... Uh, if a body is at rest or moving at a constant speed in a straight line, it will remain at rest or keep moving in a straight line at a constant speed unless it's acted upon a force. Meaning, <laughs> you tend to stay, if you're slowing down, you tend to stay going, you know, slow. If you're on a fast pace, you usually tend to stay at a fast <laughs> pace. So if you're coming out of vacation, you your body kind of wants to not be working, stay like at that state. Yeah. Uh, wow. 
That was a very complicated way to say something that everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's that this time of the year where every time I look at the date, I'm like, holy shit, it's end of November. And then it's like, oh, wow, there's basically like three weeks in December, um, realistically speaking. And it's like so many things to wrap up. Need uh-huh. to do a lot of like introspection of how did my year go? Like, what do I want to do different? Like, I'm al- already in kind of like that thinking mode of like just wrapping up this year mm-hmm. and planning for, for next year. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like thing time is moving really fast. It is. My I was getting a haircut and uh, my hairdresser, uh, whatever you call it, the person who cuts your hair, uh, he was like, wait, are we in November? <laughs> And I'm yes, like, we are. whoa, Almost over. I didn't know, I was like, I'm not, now I'm not sure. I look at my watch <laughs> and to check the date and it says 22. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, um, I, f- I feel like I, we were in November, but is it because it's 22, the 22nd? So it's already close. So my brain is like, yep, sure. This is November. Or are we actually the 22nd of November? And it was anyway, my brain had like a little brain fart, um, <laughs> Hey, I, I got a thing. I, I got to just comment on a thing. Um, I, f- I feel like this is a cultural, uh, I don't know, uh, difference, whatever, a cultural thing in where in some countries, some cultural cultures, um, people like you saying that, oh, I'm doing great. It's frowned upon. Like it's not, you shouldn't say that or whatever. It, but it, in some other cultures, if you say like, oh, you know, I'm just, uh, things are not great. You're like, wait, why? You know, it's it's like, mm. it's a big thing. And the more we, you know, dug deeper into this topic, because this was a conversation at work. And so, like, we have a lot of different <laughs> people, uh, genders, nationalities, cultures. And so it's interesting sometimes to talk about this and see how things change. Um, and overall, I feel like in America, in the U.S., I don't know about Canada. Actually, we didn't have a, a, a representative of Canada in this conversation. But, like... Usually people are more optimistic, positive, um, in the U.S. at least. Mm. So if you were to ask someone like, hey, how's it going? Like, oh, I'm doing great. Or, you know, everything's great. Or that's like usually the default if you don't really want to <laughs> talk about it yeah. or whatever. Um, as in like, where was it? Was it Canada or the U.K.? Whatever. There was a country in where people ask you, how's it going? Uh, and they don't expect an answer. So if you right. answer like, oh, it's going great. That's awkward. Like, wait, I wasn't, that, this wasn't I mean, a conversation. I was just saying like, hello, it's a greeting. Yeah, I feel like that's what <laughs> happens all the time, like in the hallway. <laughs> Someone's like walking by you is like, hi, how's it going? And then like, they don't even like wait to like hear the response. And it's like, well, I guess you're, they're already <laughs> yeah. gone. They don't like, really care. This is not a real no, question. Yeah. yeah, not really. <laughs> it's a greeting, form um, of greeting. But yeah, I, I do feel like we have here the the automatic like, How's it going? Good, you. Like it's just like a default, um, almost an extent where I'm like, especially in one on ones, where I'm like really paying attention to sort of like the body language, language, um, and I think like even like you probably have noticed this. Like sometimes, like I say like, "Hey, how's it going?" and like the person's like, "Oh, it's all right," and I'm like, "Just all right," and I was like, "Oh, then we can like actually like talk about it." Um, uh-huh. so yeah, I don't know. I think it's. It's just something that's so ingrained in us to just yeah. pretend like, oh, everything's like, whatever, everything's fine. The, the the Portuguese, I feel like it's uh, a particular, like, we're really pessimistic or like oh, really? negative okay. a little bit. 
so if you were to ask like just on the street like hey how's it going like how are you the default like i hate that people do this like there's no real i'm just gonna say it in portuguese and i'll translate i'll try to do my best uh, we would say then or whatever which is like translated feels like oh you know i'm surviving you know i'm <laughs> hanging out you know just it's the, the barely <laughs> right in the bare minimum you can say without saying like i'm dying please help me. you know it's like oh you know i'll survive <laughs> and which i don't know why i mean i don't know if it's uh, directly related to like the economy or mm -hmm. like maybe the fact that europe after world war ii was like completely destroyed most of it so people really you know it was rough and so for you to come out and say oh i'm doing great you know that would be Maybe like frowned upon, like, you know, like it's not nice because most of us are struggling. I have no idea like the, where this originated, yeah. but it's interesting. It's interesting that usually Americans <laughs> are way more optimistic uh, and positive than maybe Europeans. So much so that sometimes I think it's a little bit too mm. much in where they were like, oh my God, it's amazing. Uh, you know, it just doesn't feel <laughs> genuine. Um you see that a lot <laughs> like oh that's hilarious like really hilarious do you know what hilarious <laughs> means it means that it's so funny that you can't control yourself <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> i think it should be illegal to say hilarious without being you know without <laughs> laughing because then doesn't <laughs> anyway. um that makes me think uh well maybe spoilers for my recommendation but um uh oh i saw um it's on netflix um uh, it's like um the the show elder millennial well actually it's it's not a show it's like a stand-up comedy thing uh by eliza something something anyways she's a comedian mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. she's really funny <laughs> and there's a point where she talks about like i think it's like when you uh tell like woman that you're getting married or something like that and they're like oh amazing <laughs> and she's like this is not they don't mean amazing <laughs> like, um so it kind of made me think of that um on the topic of like kind of these sort of interesting cultural differences uh when you brought up uh, that topic that made me think of an truly excellent talk by a, a ux lead at, at shopify whose name is fry madzima um i'll put a link in the show notes but he talks about uh, a bias in multicultural teams and it's one mm. truly like one of the most interesting talks on like diversity that i've ever like heard of it's like because I, i find that a lot of sort of diversity content is kind of like you know we should accept people more like we should you know diverse teams are better blah 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 and it's like i feel like for me at least and i know like for some people it's it's not like it, we still have to convince people that that is true but like for me it's like yes awesome like i'm totally on board like what do we do like <laughs> how do we how do we like make a team like the most welcoming and like really understand how to actually like work and collaborate and build relationships with people from uh from different like parts of the world different cultures and so that's exactly what he goes into in this talk and like for example like the communication styles all right like here's like different parts of the world here's how they prefer to communicate um the way that they want to receive feedback and it's like going in and give you like actual tools 
that you can use to say like, hmm. hey, like I, you know, keep I, having these these frictions with uh, my German colleague. I don't understand why. It's like, all right, here's why. Because like the way you communicate is totally different because of that culture. So once you know these differences, it's much easier for you to like be like, oh, okay, like let's find some kind of middle ground um, and know how to best communicate uh, feedback. Uh, so it's it's really amazing. I like can't recommend it highly enough. So um, I'll have a link in the show notes. People can look at it. That's awesome. Yeah, please do. Love to see that. Maybe it's a, it's a good uh, read slash watch to for the holiday season. Yeah, if that's something happening in your life. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, that was a that was a long <laughs> intro. Hi. <laughs> we do have uh, topics. Uh, always fair. Uh, very 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 brief quick follow up. Uh, want to give a, a shout out uh, to uh so listener Philip Pizzle uh mentioned us on uh, instagram i think i guess he just messaged me personally on instagram uh to say Exclusive. that um he's listened to uh he believes he's listened to all of the episodes also um mm. so he started at around wow. episode 80 and then listened back to the the old catalog and then continued listening so thank you so much um philip for doing that and on that theme, uh, listener uh, Alex, like he challenged me to pronounce, try to pronounce his name. So here it goes, uh, Ale- Alexi Kmelovsky. Uh, he listened to uh, what ninety nine percent. Anyway, cool shout outs. Thanks so much for listening. A, a thousand apologies for the mispronunciation. And yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Also, listener Team Ben uh, kind of called us out. We <laughs> had a. Little aside on the upside down segment of our show, in where we we would like flip the artwork to be upside down. Um, but uh, listener Tim says uh, you said the artwork was flipped, but it was rotated. I think of the upside down as a mirror universe, so flipping vertically makes more sense to me. What do you think about this, Kev? One hundred percent agree. <laughs> that makes that does make a lot more sense to me too. Okay, so I need to do that right <laughs> now. <laughs> Okay, stay tuned for uh you know, for future upside down segments. Hopefully with the correct uh flipping of the artboard. Boom. Not artboard, artwork. <laughs> I think uh, did, did did sketch copyrighted already artboard as a word? All right, not yet. Cool. Okay, uh, for the show notes today, here was stuff to talk about. We have a bunch of like loose topics that well, did, it just happened during the weeks like the Cybertruck. And but I just came out of the Sketch Amsterdam meetup and they announced some cool things Ooh. that I'm still not sure if it's public and I can talk about. <laughs> but I'll guess I'll talk about it, ask, and then if not, if they don't allow me, I'll edit them out. I think, I think cool. if they, they don't want us to talk about it, we'll just like keep the conversation in, but just bleep it. <laughs> the whole time, there's like a, a, the whole yeah, there's like a 15 minute conversation that's just bleeped out. <laughs> I think that would be fun. <laughs> so I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> and I also, I well, you know what? Let me start by uh, uh, asking you, have you heard or tried this app called Cocoon? Okay, so I, I have heard Twitters? it uh, because I know um, Alex 
and I follow him on on Twitter. Uh, so I downloaded the app, but I have to admit I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> so tell us more about what this is. Okay, it, 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 lower your expectation. I haven't used it extensively, but I did install it and I did try it out for a couple, for a second. Uh, so Cocoon is a new app, like Kevin mentioned. is um, It was founded by created by two ex Facebook people. So uh, Alex Cornell uh, was a designer at Facebook. I know him personally from his amazing talks, like yes. one of the best talks I've ever seen, with heavy use of like creative video uh, editing and stuff. Anyway, I thoroughly recommend you follow him on Twitter and, and check his talks. And also Josh uh, Piles, which, to be honest, I wasn't, uh, I didn't follow him, but, but you know, I think he. He was at Facebook as well? I don't know. So anyway, they left Facebook a while back, and uh, apparently they've been building this app called Cocoon. Um, if I have to summarize what Cocoon is, is like think of it's like the spiritual successor of Path, maybe. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, where it's a it's technically like a social network, but uh, meant to be used in a close group of friends or family. So it's not a very you know, public medium. So it's not trying to compete with Facebook or Twitter. Because I feel like Facebook is for all the people that you know, and Twitter is all the people that you don't know. And, <laughs> and like in Cocoon or Path or all these, it's like more targeted to people that you are really comfortable sharing personal details with. Uh, which is also, um, this is reflected in the actual design of the app, which I'll I'll... Yeah. So, see, you just created an account and you sent me a link to join your cocoon, but I can't because I already have a cocoon and you can't have multiple cocoons. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. This is I'm going to I'm going to get to this in one second because this is my like my biggest issues with with this product um are at the moment and whatever. But like so anyway, it's a dedicated space for people really important to you. And you can share like a bunch of content like you know, check-ins, we can share pictures, you can share the weather. It, there's a cool thing in where uh, you can you can tell the app that you're on this particular flight and it will let all the other people like your family and friends see uh like flight status so you can see exactly when you landed or not, which is kind of cool. Um there's also like a chat feature part of it in a way in where you can only chat with people like if they're online um but this whole thing like it feels very cozy like it is indeed like a very small group of people are meant to 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 be anyways um the app like the design of i, I was really curious uh to see like just overall ui it's really nice it's nice it's a, it, i think it has its own personality um its own style a little bit but it's not crazy by any means. Um, but I do like it. It's interesting how, like, so I opened the app and I installed it, and uh, not by that order. I think I installed it first. And <laughs> it's late, and I open after. Um, and then you, you're setting up the app, and, and I think either the first or one of the first questions that you get is to name your cocoon. Um, this is. This is what it says. So the, the header is like, name your cocoon. And then it has a description. It says, every cocoon has a name. Choose something that helps you remember who you want to be in this cocoon. And then the little placeholder, it says like, happy family. But you can type whatever you want. I kid you not, I, spent, I was like para, paralyzed. I spent I spent like 20 minutes on this, trying to come up with a pun. See, this is how you and I are different. I was like, 
All right, let me just put in whatever. <laughs> I was like, I made a made a layout cocoon, <laughs> and now I guess I'm stuck with it forever. <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, not forever. I'll that more than that in a second. But anyway, I was paralyzed in this step. This is the first step. Like I'm, I'm trying to get onboarded on this app, and I was like, this. It feels like too much of a. Too big of a decision. Because even the description says, choose something that helps you remember who you want to be in this cocoon. Whoa, it's so deep. That's so yeah. deep. It's like, and I'm like, who do I want to be? Well, I want to be accessible. I want to be funny. So probably throw in a pun in the name. Um, try to, Anyway, it was so hard. So hard. Eventually, uh, I did it. Actually, it was like Deborah's first suggestion. So all credit goes to her. I created, I think is Cocoon Nuts or whatever. Um and then I was like, you know what? Let me invite Ryan to this, like a whatever, just to try this. And in I texted him the thing. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I meant to try it, but um, I gave up when I was trying to name like a cocoon. <laughs> so, and then I like I never really. <laughs> so anyway, the, the guy a, makes one of the hardest like, games <laughs> to figure out <laughs> and can, cannot get past the writing a name. <laughs> it is hard, man. It is hard. Like this, this has to affect their conversion stats because, yeah. like, you know, asking this big of a question is the first step. Yeah, and <sighs> anyway. it's kind of like meant to be cute but, and and sort of like set up cocoon as this like ideal place of like holding up, holding yourself up to like high standard. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> it makes things sometimes a little bit more. Uh, Feel more high pressure than they are. Okay, so have you used it with real people? No, I use it like with Deborah and Ryan is here, and I just checked like a couple of the check-ins in the chat thing as I was setting it up, but I haven't actually used it. So okay, so here's just a couple interesting details that will reflect effect, like exactly the type of people that are meant to be in your cocoon. This is who'd have guessed it. This is a sentence I would say. Um, so like. One of the tabs, one of the screens you can see is like, it's called now. Effectively, it's a list of all the people in your cocoon with a bunch of information about them. If they're online or if they're not, when was the last time they're online, their battery levels, like how much battery they have on their phone right now. Um, you can, this is opt-in, but you can also share how many steps you took to this day uh, and also exactly like your location. So all of this is like pretty private information to be there. So like, you know, do you want this group of people to let to know at all times like where you are and how many steps and the battery levels? I don't know. It's, it's kind of it is definitely like private, sensitive information that you just don't want to share with everyone. Like like you mentioned, like we already joked around. I think the the first feature that I would really want is the ability to create different cocoons, more like in the style of the you know remember the Google Plus hang uh, circles <laughs> metaphor remember that yeah. um because i would love to like have a cocoon to share just stuff with like friends maybe another one just for family because i do share different stuff with them and all of them like it would still this app would still feel a need because i really don't want to tweet this i could create like a whatsapp group or something but this is not really just messaging this is more of a like what's up you know at this time so anyway Interesting, interesting product. Uh, yeah. It's very much like a V1. Yeah. 
Uh, I think I, I will never I use like this. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what the use case exactly is because it says like families, but you know, what do you mean by family? <laughs> so not friends. I don't, yeah, I, don't I think know. this this stuff's really hard because like, like can can I just do like a i message group? or whatever <laughs> if i want to talk to people then i will talk to them and then if i have something that i want to share like publicly then i will just post it on twitter and that's it i don't know i feel i hope i wish <laughs> wish that they find something but um i don't know I'm, i just feel like this ends up being one of these places like just like path like i don't see any way that this is different that it's like oh i guess that's cool and then i never use it <laughs> I don't know. I think it's very hard to to run an app like this. Uh, anyways, uh, anyways, have you been following along with all the Cybertruck memes? Memes. Uh, I've seen a couple of funny tweets. Uh, like the polygons are not rendering. <laughs> um, hi Dave. And I've seen, of course, all you know. I've seen pictures. I didn't see the actual event, like a stream of the event, but I know of the infamous demo that went wrong and they shattered the the, the glass <laughs> oh my goodness windows. how can this possibly this, happen uh, i don't know i i want to believe that they they tried it you know they, they tested it beforehand <laughs> but maybe they just like threw so many rocks at the glass and absorbed all that impact so it was already like about to break but and both was of them the... <laughs> that's the funny true. part it's like oh well let's try the other one i'm sure the other one will be fine <laughs> <laughs> and it's like in all the pictures you see this shiny new cyber truck <laughs> two yeah. destroyed windows <laughs> so funny but um let, let's just say that this is the most conversation i have heard about a truck in my entire lifetime um so i think we should maybe get into like our opinions on the cyber truck um personally like i i feel like it's really interesting like i personally i would say my opinion on it is i like it like i'm have zero interest in buying a truck uh but i like the design what do you think about it just the design that's what you're asking me yeah like do you like the look of this like say you were in the market for a truck like is this something you would consider i don't know uh i think it looks different in uh like i don't hate it i definitely don't hate it i'm not sure if i would i think it's a bit too much out there but maybe not honestly i don't know i'd never seriously consider if i would buy this <laughs> or not but it does feel like like this is what people back in the 70s thought the future would look like okay um it i don't remember i don't remember where i i, I feel like i saw this somewhere or, Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is an original thought. Does that ever happen to you? <laughs> um, like, it feels like this is a forced future. Whoa. Like, this is not the direction we were going in. And so then it's like someone forces this to be the future. Like, okay, now this is a thing. Like, it wasn't. Society wasn't going in that direction, right? Like, this is not the natural progression like okay and then there's a new truck that looks like this no this was like someone forcing this new design language this new look um probably 
to be different and to cause you know to be controversial and to i mean i guess a, cause a scene. i guess this is what's interesting <laughs> about this is like it is totally not new and like nothing is i mean it is different from the current landscape but you know it i don't think elon musk has been like trying to hide this but it's like very blade runner style and people have just been posting like non-stop basically like all other cars or similar kind of vehicles that share a lot of design sensibilities like it surely looks like this is basically like what people imagine the future to be <laughs> um kind of like you said um it's it's sort of it's sort of like the faster horse sort of mentality i feel like it's like what if the cars look cool and different in the future where like in reality the real future might be no cars <laughs> and having like better sort of public transportation or like metros or or whatever like but i do think that it is extremely bold in what it's trying to do even to this day because like even if these ideas that have been around forever and these styles are like very clear like i want like a future a car that looks like it's from the future um but the thing is nobody makes that <laughs> nobody tries to make those cars and no but even then if we were to today design something that we think it's going to be like the look of the future mm -hmm. this is not it this is a retro future yeah. thing it's like a, the, it's like a delorean yeah was like a couple generations iterations after mm. this right like this is the origin of a delorean right. and the delorean is what from the 80s or 70s i don't even know uh, it's like again it doesn't feel natural at all of a progression like also what about aerodynamics i sure this this sucks right like that's why we're all like round curves and stuff for cars i think aerodynamics i don't know play a big like, role i'm not sure that it makes that big of a difference maybe if you're building like, like a, why did we move a race away car from or whatever this is it purely fashion i'm not sure i'm not sure like about the aerodynamics and, and stuff like that like i feel like probably a lot of these things matter if you're building a race car or something like that but for for a truck like this does it really make that well, big a difference like these curves are very subtle in my mind everyone wants their car to be as fast as it can you know and but do you no. though <laughs> do do you like, that, do you that has actually car? been like something that i've uh, uh a drum that i've been beating for so long like i feel like all these cars advertise like oh zero to a hundred in whatever kilometers it's like who cares nobody cares like yeah, i, I don't it. like but also yeah like i don't need to be on a rocket ship here like i'm using this car to go to the supermarket <laughs> like <laughs> i don't need like a crazy fast and powerful cars i'm sure this is what you know some some dudes want but for the vast majority of the population it's like yeah whatever like just get it to point was good enough like that i can pass another car on the highway and that's fine right i don't know i'm just saying i'm just saying like why do we move away is it purely aesthetic like purely fashion why do we move away from this look from let's say 60s 70s whatever um like that that was the our idea of future so um, i think there's not there's some like interesting kind of design things here so first off um elon has been saying that 
one of the reasons why um, the Cybertruck is all kind of like straight lines is that the the more like rigid, more robust uh, metal that they're using is extremely hard to bend. It basically break, <laughs> breaks any machine um, that you try to use to like bend the the metal so there's they don't have like a good way to actually like shape it into something else other than like a straight line um which is why like using this this these uh materials there's the only way that you can do this second of all i think the the question is like why aren't more like cars or stuff having this kind of design um and i think one of them is like sounds like you might not think about it unless like you start looking at examples of other like old cars that have tried to do these kinds of designs is that um this design is actually like not very practical for um having the most amount of space for humans inside of a car if you have a small car because like imagine you're kind of stuck in a triangle this is obviously like a humongous car right so it ends up that you have some, enough space but in a in a tiny car like you don't want a roof that's a triangle <laughs> that makes no sense like you have no space um so there is a lot of limiting factors um to having a design like this kind of be uh spread to like a whole line of of cars and i think we've we've seen some car try and we've seen them fail for kind of those reasons that they're they're just not that practical um this looks like christopher nolan's batmobile yeah hell yeah but it's like how cool is that (laughs) i think that's super cool (laughs) um so this isn't a car (laughs) yeah i love it it's like it, it is it, but but that's like what's interesting about this is like it's nothing new it's stuff that we've seen before it's like re it's the everything is a remix kind of thing but it's like but i i think it just speaks to how stale the car industry is that like ideas that we've totally seen before applied in a way that i mean it's not predictable per se because it's like such a departure from like the tesla uh, design but um that it's like it's nothing. Nothing that's like super shocking in this car, uh, but e- even even despite that fact, it's like everyone's like freaking out about this and like, oh my gosh, this is like the biggest revolution since you know the invention of the car, right? Like everyone's freaking out. Um, it is totally not, but Let's that's that's how it feels because there's just like the the evolution of cars has just been like this long kind of. Uh, I don't know this long like slow evolution where not much happens so I do like that they're trying to shake things out now um, <laughs> I have a lot of questions about the practicality <laughs> of this truck <laughs> like, a... I don't think it's meant to be practical like, that's not a, a thing they're going for I get so okay so practicality in here I, I agree took a, a bit of a backseat to the actual like look of this car but practicality has to be somewhere in the list of priorities like i think you you can compromise on it a little bit but there is some extent at which it's just not possible like for example this car has no side mirrors but or like windshield wipers i also seen like it has no windshield wipers but is that because it's still early it's just a prototype or is it really Actually, well, I no. guess so, and I think that's part of like what 
makes this announcement a a bit awkward that it's like they're announcing this as like this is a car you can pre-order now but it's like it feels like what you're gonna get is probably not look gonna look exactly like this unless like they you know what i mean like it's like who can get away without uh, uh side mirrors and wipers and all that stuff um a similar thing going on like that i'm really curious about and i wonder if anyone's like found the answer to this but you know this this like extremely strong metal that this entire car is made of like what happens if you get hit by this truck yeah. <laughs> like the, does your you car how... get completely destroyed no but also on the flip side of that like the fact that a car when it hits let's say a wall or another car like it bends and it gets completely you know squished yeah. that's also for security yeah that's a feature because it can absorb all the impacts yeah. so what happens here if you go you know if you hit a wall and your car your metal of your car doesn't move that means that you're going to get all the impact you know like yeah something has to give force has to go somewhere i don't know if that's safe actually yeah, I have no idea. Like, so that's why I have all these these questions are still unanswered about the cyber truck, and I feel like even if I was interested, like I'm not sure that I would be placing a pre order at this stage because it's like, who knows? Like, this thing might be totally different, or it might be totally impractical or unsafe. And it's like, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are some some laws that Tesla has to follow. Like, they can't just <laughs> I hope so kind of. <laughs> wing it um but uh like to me that is kind of that truck is a perfect representation of what tesla is as a brand because like i think i don't know if we've talked about this on the show before but like the whole like elon musk tesla thing has always been like people don't care about electric cars like people do not do not care they want a cool car (laughs) <laughs> that's gonna show everyone that how cool they are right and so mm-hmm. this is the extreme manifestation of that that like we've seen so many people and i don't know if you've been like following some of them but i know certainly like on my timeline i saw a lot of people buying some cyber trucks people that i never would have thought would be in the market for a truck <laughs> it's like why did they buy it because it looks cool <laughs> right like um and the fact that it's electric is almost like a like how many how many articles do you see who talk about the Cybertruck who who talk about the fact that it's an electrical truck like most of them it's like a footnote in the article mm-hmm. it's like nobody cares it's just about making a cool car um also the fact that it's Tesla goes without saying yeah yeah of course but like i do feel like a lot of the conversation hasn't been about electric like it's like of course it's just assumed at this point and i think this is where tesla wants it to be um and on the other hand i think like everything else that tesla makes it's like tesla is sort of like the rebel car company where it's like they will do interesting things and push the industry forward but they will also make weird like mistakes weird unforced errors that no other car company would make Right, and I think we're probably gonna see a lot of this here. Uh, one, starting with the the unveiling of this car, <laughs> they they destroy both windows. Um, but yeah. also, I feel like in a lot of details that um will be coming out in 
the next like what year or two before this car is actually out um like i'm sh- i'm sure like there's gonna be stuff that that comes out like it doesn't seem like this truck is is ready for prime time yet i think the, the tesla is like teenagers that's a good that's a good one because like you you <laughs> teenagers you know you know uh but like you do need teenagers you need their the everything is possible you know fuck the rules mentality because that's that's how you get like interesting art and you get the billy eilish and you get you know like you need that kind of young blood rebellion <laughs> thing but then do you want billy eilish to run your company or actually I don't know. <laughs> maybe that would be kind of cool but you know like there's <laughs> the same things that make you valuable and cool can also make you in a different context uh you know a danger or a compromise or whatever um so i feel like we need the teslas but i'm not sure like tesla should be the car company because again they have a lot they get a lot of stuff wrong also i'm not a car person and hey tesla got two non-car persons uh to talk about cars so you know that's something can I can I g- g- just give another comparison or analogy to what f- this design feels like to me? It's like it's like if uh, you know Coda's next uh, the Nova, the next text mm-hmm. editor. We talked about it. Yep. Is if it that neon theme was the only theme you could use? <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's sure, gonna, it, it looks kind of cool. Option. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like okay, it looks kind of cool. It looks different. It looks very retro again. It's like the cyber cyber coda, and it looks like weird and nice. And but it also at the same time is like wait, but having a glowy drop shadow on text in a text editor that's not great, right? <laughs> like right. <laughs> like we we fixed this problem as a society a while back, right? Um, it feels a little bit like that sometimes. Also, you had Cybertruck on the show notes, and for a second, I thought you meant Cyberduck, <laughs> the popular FTP app. Uh, I was like, wait, what happened <laughs> to Cyberduck? Did you see someone made a, a mashup of the icons on Twitter? Like someone had the exact same thing happen? <laughs> no. Oh, Cybertruck and Cyberduck? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was the the icon for Cyberduck uh, sitting on top of the... Uh, what is the panic transmit? The transmit truck. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it was a cyber truck. <laughs> nice. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Okay, should we do design talk a little bit? Just yeah, so can, let's do it. Just so we can uh, qualify as a design podcast, <laughs> 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 so we're not kicked out of Spec FM. Um, okay, so like I said. Um, I a couple hours ago, just a couple hours ago, I was at a sketch meetup in Amsterdam. They started a new meetup in the city, um, and as they do, like they, they, this is pretty common thing. Like usually, someone from Sketch like can show some, you know, a sneak peek of a new feature or something, um, and they did the same. Uh, I had a, I had a, a chat with uh, Peter, the you know Sketch's founder and CEO. Um, I can ask chat about, you know, the design tool space and competition and uh, VC money and all that stuff. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting. I, when we, when Sketch announced that they were taking VC money, uh, we talked about it here a little bit uh, and how 
it was probably um, like pressure from com competition, right? Like how if you want to stay relevant and compete with companies like uh, Adobe with, you know, Adobe XD and Figma with a bunch of VC money and all that stuff, like you, if you want to move as fast, you do need the resources to, to keep up. Yep. So, you know, we talked about like, that's probably one of the reasons and that's probably still one of the reasons. Um, but Peter offered <laughs> another, another reason, another argument that was interesting and I honestly didn't think about uh, in where they, for eight years, they were profitable and they were running, you know, things smoothly. And the team was slowly, very like organically growing, as it, as you do. And uh, they found themselves in a place in where, holy shit, now we have a team of thirty. Our company is around like a headcount was around thirty, and they were like, "There's a lot about running a company that we don't know because we were all just focused on making the mm -hmm. product better, and every everything in the company just revolved around that goal of making the product better." And when you go over 30, 40 people, like you can't have the whole company just working towards one goal. You do need to run company like, like, you know, like a company and you need to, to take care of people. And, uh, all of a sudden not everyone is aware of everyone else's work and whatever. So anyway, that was like something that he, uh, he told, um, the people at the meetup that that was another reason and where they found themselves in like, I can either, and this is me quoting, like Peter could either um, try to figure that stuff out by himself, um, like hire good accountants and legal department and that all that shit, or they could just take money and hire people that know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And it was not just the money; it was also having the, you know, the investors. Like they do have the experience of doing this. So anyway, that was interesting. Um, around the the like what they announced uh, as we know like they remember that blog posting where they kind of announced like a very rough plan for the future um when they i think it was the same blog posting where they announced the 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 the, the round the funding round uh, but if effectively their big focus now is going to be uh, teams and all that um it's interesting how like there are a lot of companies that are just were built around Sketch to try to solve those needs, like Abstract to solve collaboration and and file sync and all that stuff. And you have tools like Zeppelin and where they just do the handoff with developers and Envision with the prototyping and all that stuff, yep. right? So Sketch like is trying to also provide that because if you have a bunch of tools in your workflow and you have your, if your company uses Abstract and Sketch and Zeppelin and maybe Envision. All those tools have a cost associated yeah. with it, and also all of them are different tools that may not work very well or work most of the time. And when something like Figma comes along with, like, we offer everything, um, that is pretty compelling. So I think it also makes sense to, for them to try to solve those needs from the workflow, from the user experience. So what they announced, what, what I saw, was uh, an emphasis on that aspect of Teams. So they're going to have in the startup window, the welcome window, um, you can have like your teams and like a little sidebar, like a finder in where you can have like projects and groups and all of them are going to have their own files associated with it. So you don't really open the sketch files. Like all of the files are in that same window. It's like its own finder window almost. Uh, so they take, they take care of the hosting of those files and the syncing of those files as well. Um, and also they also uh, shared... They demoed a pretty cool, like, ins 
specter, like a little handoff for developers um, in where if a developer opens sketch.cloud or whatever it is, they don't need a sketch like the, the right. app. They don't need a Mac. But through the browser, they can go through, open the, the same files. They're going to have that same file structure on the browser mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and if you open the files, you can see all of the artboards, all of the screens, all of the prototypes that you have in that file. Um, and of course, something that you already have today with the commenting, and you can see the versions and the history, all the iterations, and you can comment on specific thing. And also now you can have a little tab with with all the inspector. To be honest, like there's nothing groundbreaking there that you haven't seen with other tools. Um, I know that they have... Um, the way they're presenting all the layers is like they're getting rid of, like everything is flat. Everything has the same level. So if you're a developer, you don't really care how many nested components, groups, something is. Like because how you assembled a mock-up doesn't really translate all the time exactly to how you're going right. to assemble it in code. So having a group inside of a group that can be just too noisy. So everything is flat. Everything is like on the same level. You can click and get, you know, all the values colors um they also support like you can copy colors and you can copy in different formats like you know ns color or ui color and all that stuff kind of like basic stuff but it's nice to see them like providing uh, you know just meeting the expectations like sure this is what i expect from an inspector uh expect from (laughs) and um those That was kind of cool. Uh, one of the questions that uh, the audience had was uh, if we're going to hear more about maybe more of Sketch in the cloud or maybe a Windows version or something. And they had a big, solid-sounding no. <laughs> like uh, Craig Federighi. <laughs> and exactly. Actually, he oh, does really? <laughs> reference that slide. Like, no. Are we going to j- merge iOS and macOS? No. Um, he didn't have the extra slide with the transition the smoke effect but but it sounded like it like that and because effectively you know sketch is very much native uh they did call out like that that's something that they care about like having a good native experience and they hope that you know designers their users also could care about that and that's something that so important to them but effectively it's like well if they want to move to the cloud to the to the browser like framer just announced yeah. also that by the way we should Maybe talk about it or not. Uh, maybe some other time. But uh, in order for them to do that, they would have to rewrite Sketch from the ground up. Like, start from scratch. <laughs> start from Sketch. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> so, no, that's not coming anytime soon. Um, but it was interesting, like, to see, like, in their ideal world and where you would just pay for Sketch teams or whatever they call it, um, and have all the libraries and all the files in their own cloud thing. And like in that ideal world, it could work pretty well, honestly. Uh, I think the, the the experience is like very smooth and it, it won't match all the features that other tools and services offer, of course. Um, but it looked, it, looked, it looked nice. It looked okay. Um, still, in, in terms of collaboration, I still don't think this is even enough to like you know, compare or compete with Figma, right? Like you're not going to have two cursors at the same time, you know, on the file. Um, I'm. It's still unsure to me how they'll deal with merge conflicts, honestly. Like if two people open the same file and they both save at the same time, what happens? Right. I'm not sure. Um, so there's still, it's not like a big solution to 
to big problems, but it is a solution to small annoyances. And this could probably, like, you could probably not use external services anymore, like Zeppelin or something like that. Any questions? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> don't really have many questions other than the fact that it's like they can't ship that collaboration feature where you actually get two cursors in the same document soon enough <laughs> like it, that is just i think to me like figma has proven that that is such a huge advantage um they have to have that feature and it's like how much time is it going to take them i don't know uh but it seems inevitable that they have to have to build this i think they're getting closer and closer so yeah we'll see i don't think they know that really by the way i don't like i think i heard more than once they have their data right they did they do ask people they they have they know how people use their product and how they people use other people's products i hope think assume um but i've heard a question of do designers really want to like work on the same file at the same time um or not <laughs> you know like there's there's an argument to be made there like it is i'm not partic- i'm not a fan of seeing other people's cursors when i'm working on something on figma um i only like that when i am effectively like not the ic in that file like if i'm the manager or if i'm just offering feedback and stuff i like that aspect when i'm in that role when i'm in the role of like hey i'm i wasn't looking for feedback i'm just working on this this mock and then i see cursors and like whoa 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 <laughs> that's <laughs> right i don't know how to feel about that so you know there's not an argument to be made there but i honestly i don't think that's coming soon ish i don't i'm not sure i'm not convinced that they're working on it yeah i mean i guess i guess we shall see like <laughs> i think i think they should yeah. because if they wait too long then there's not gonna, not going to be anybody else around um who's going to be left on on sketch if they don't like that's to me like that's how i feel um at this stage like i think it would be a shame because i love working in a native app so much more than i love working on a browser but uh at the end of the day like i think that those collaboration features of like i had the, the other day where i was leaving feedback for one of my team members and i was about to comment like oh, this little line of text is like two pixels off. And I just realized, oh, wait a minute. I can just click on it and nudge it myself and solve this problem right away rather than writing a whole comment about it and have this whole like back and forth. Like there's a lot of like nice things like that. Um, Same thing with like, say you're even like you're working with different teams. You can just copy paste stuff from their files into your own file and i guess like maybe you could have some some way to do that with their sort of handoff stuff but i don't know it's just nice having that ability to edit any kind of document however you'd like so i don't know we'll see um i i really i mean i'm rooting for sketch right like i i really wish that they uh would build all of these features the for me the question is like how fast can they build them um so yeah well, we shall see. I think it's good that they're being engaging with people a lot more and being in these conferences and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's a, it's a tough world, right? Like lots of competition in the design tool space. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and everyone's kind of like trying to like outdo one another. I'm personally also looking forward to see what is the next step. Like it definitely seemed like collaboration is the current like big challenge for for everyone. Um but uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what comes after after that, right? Like I'm sure there there is going to be something. Um but uh, we'll see. Definitely like the the focus for design tools is what about other people other than designers? Right. Like how is the PM going to use sketch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is the, you know, are the other stakeholders using going to use sketch? Because that's that's where the growth is, right? Like the growth is, you know, I think we we saturated. All designers are using a design tool, and you know, you don't usually change, move design tools that often. You usually stick with what you know. So the growth is with everyone else in the company. <laughs> yep. Anywho, okay, we'll see. Uh, cool, 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 cool beans, cool beans. Not sure if interesting. Trying out Castro. That was Kevin Clark. Uh, 2019. Uh, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if that's if that's interesting. So feel free to cut this out. But uh, yeah, I'm a longtime user of Overcast, and uh, mm-hmm. just recently I've been trying to. Okay, so I, let me t- tell you about my problem. So I feel like I have a okay. lot less time in my life <laughs> recently, and I've just been seeing like podcasts accumulate, accumulate, accumulate on my queue on Overcast, and I I just like can't help but but feel like. I'm it's just creating this anxiety for me that I have this inbox that mm-hmm. is piling up. And I was like, oh, there's there's this app called Castro that basically the whole point of this app is that you kind of have this inbox and then you have this yeah. queue um of podcasts. So uh what happens is like basically podcasts just pile up in your inbox and then uh every once in a while you can go in and look. Uh, and say oh okay i'm interested in picking this one and then you add it to your actual queue and your queue is the shows that you're actually listening to uh and you can even have like certain podcasts where you're like hey i every time this podcast comes out i always want to listen to that one um so yeah i've been playing with it i really like the level of polish in this app like it Mm -hmm. like we've talked about this before i think but like the the visual design of it is really nice. Like a lot of the interactions are really great. Um, like it supports all the major features, except I have a couple issues with it that I'm like, not okay. sure if I just need to get over or if it's just kind of going to be a deal breaker for me. But um, it's like, I don't know if you, and I don't know if you have these needs or desires, but um for example, like I wish I could have the the app be set to auto like download maybe like one episode of each podcast that I have sitting in my inbox or something like that. So for example, like if I'm going to the metro or if I'm going uh I don't know, like on a flight or something like that where I don't have internet, uh that I still have stuff that is downloaded on my phone. Because right now I have like maybe like three podcasts in my queue, my actual queue. Um, and if I want to like kind of download some podcasts in, st- in case that I need to I don't know, do something and like listen to them, then these podcasts are, aren't downloaded. So it's like kind of, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of annoying that I have to like always remember to add the podcasts to the queue so that in case I need to listen to that, 
that it will be there. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but um, yeah, I find okay, that I think, little, I, right. Uh, I feel like it kind of defeats the purpose. You do know that like, it can. You do know that it can set a particular podcast to automatically be added to the. I queue. do know that. Yeah. Okay. But but then but then isn't the same thing as Overcast at this point, where I'm just like building this huge queue. Or maybe this is how people treat it, where it's like all the podcasts that I really listen to are in the queue, and then mm-hmm. just the one-off random podcasts that I don't really feel like listening most of the time, but they're just there in case I really need more shows to listen to. Is that how you use it? Uh, yeah, like I always have, let's see, right now I have one, let's say 15 shows on the queue, mm. and some of them have been there for like months. Oh, really? Um, it's like the queue I treat it as like that, like a queue of podcasts that you want to listen to. Um, that queue changes. Like uh, shows like, I don't know, ATP in layout. No, actually, I don't listen to layout, but um, <laughs> there's some shows in where it automatically it jumps to the top of my queue, like uh, like uh, You're Wrong About, that yes. when the new show comes up, top of my queue. Also, I like that the top of your queue doesn't, like, it comes after whatever you're listening to right now. So it's not like having something unplayed. Right. I mean, I mean, you start playing and whatever. So I feel pretty confident, like, if I go to my queue and I just start listening, even if the show is over, I'll, you know, the next one will kick in and I'm okay listening by that progression. Right. And every once in a while I go to my inbox and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a new episode of that one or this one a particular episode, like, the topic interests me and I either immediately added to the top or at the end of the queue, depending on how much I'm into it. Um, so, yeah, and, and if you use it this way, there's all, at least I always have a bunch of shows, like like 10 hours or maybe of, of content that I can listen to and download it locally. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Fair does enough. That, does that uh, and I would say my, my second complaint would be <laughs> I always tap on the actual artwork, like in the mini player. To just go to the that that view, like basically where you have all the controls, hmm. and instead it takes me to the show notes. And every time, like I still haven't been able to train my brain to tap on the up arrow. I didn't even know that would take you to the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how else can you get to the show notes? Uh, I always like. Well, it's it's two steps. So you would first. Uh, what I do is like swipe from the bottom to get to the the player view. Okay. And then you swipe on the artboard to the left. Oh. Wow. So swipe swipe right has oh. options, controls. Huh. Swipe left is... Interesting. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a good app. Okay. It's a good app. Huh. Yeah, it's really cool. Like it, it has a lot of good animations it's like super polished a lot more polished than overcast actually Mm -hmm. and yet (laughs) i still find myself having some challenges with it i don't know i feel but now i like look back at overcast and i don't like the way overcast does things either (laughs) this is how this is how i find myself building so many apps are you gonna build your own podcast no no i'm not no i'm not i'm telling you i'm not but (laughs) But uh, it's not by cool. lack of desire. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. I'm still giving Castro a try because I feel like um, now that I've used Castro a little bit, it's like I find things in Castro that are frustrating me, but 
But then I look at Overcast and I'm like, Overcast does it exactly the same way. <laughs> and so <laughs> I feel like it's it's just may- maybe it's making me discover more issues with podcasts <laughs> that I didn't know existed. So, yeah. Uh, also, there's a um, you can I don't even know how, but you can opt in the beta and get uh, they're working on Apple Watch support. Yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah, uh, are you using it? I am. It's it's still rough, and I totally understand because watch development is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, uh, and I also there's like a, a bunch of bugs that I know exactly, you know what's causing them. <laughs> I don't know how to fix them, but anyway. Um, the app is uh, the watch support is still rough, but so much better than let's say a month ago. Like they're they're doing good <laughs> improvements, good work there. Um, so yeah, it's nice. It's okay. I don't use it often. I only use it when when I go to the gym, uh, and I don't want to bring my phone with me. So nice, awesome. Cool. Do you would you recommend Castro or <laughs> do you have another recommendation? Oh, uh, no, that's that's not my recommendation. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so my recommendation, I talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show. Uh, It would be Elder Millennial. Uh, It's a stand-up comedy show on Netflix. Uh, It's very good by Eliza something something. Uh, Yeah, I recommend it. It's good. It's funny. Um, Cool. Uh, Also, like a sub-recommendation on that one. I just want to follow it. If you're also into more comedy specials after that one, uh, we watched the Seth Meyers Netflix special. I don't forget the name. I don't have the link in front of me. Um, and it was so good. Surprisingly good. Like, I like Seth Meyers from, you know, his late night thing. Uh, even from SNL days, like, that's his thing. It's not really stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so good. And it tackles... Like just parenting, I think, is like the main uh, topic, which is something that, you know, I'm not a parent. I don't think I would relate, but I maybe I'm old enough that I can <laughs> I can see it, you know, like I, I can see it. I you can it. see that and in your future. It was future. so good. <laughs> it was so good. It was it was a really good, uh, yeah, stand-up special. Anyway, nice. uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll get links. But that's not my official recommendation. Um, this week I'm going to recommend uh, an EP, music. Look at that. So not a video game. Wow. What's happening to you? Not a video game or a TV show. What does show. EP stand on? for? Uh, An app. <laughs> I'm sure I knew this. Extended. Is it extended play? E- extended play. An extended play record, often referred to as an EP, is a musical recording that contains more tracks than a single, but is usually unqualified as an album or LP. Follow-up question. What does yeah. LP stand for? <laughs> Long play is an analog sound storage medium, a vinyl Long record. Long play. Okay, so it's like the physical thing. So wait, is uh, extended play shorter or longer than the long play? It's shorter. It's like an EP is when okay. it's not an album, but it's not just one or two songs. It's usually more than two, less than let's say five. Okay. Actually, let's see the cp that i'm about to recommend it has seven oh, okay. interesting so it's barely you know it's almost an, almost LP. an album but not really. <laughs> almost an lp anywho um it's an ep seven songs it's by this artist called sasha sloan i am completely in love with her she's my like one of my new favorite artists uh at least from the past month <laughs> uh it's it's one of those artists that like 
I listened to one song, um, this one song called Smiling When I Die, and I loved it so much that I'm like, let let me hear more music from this artist. And then I realized that actually I've heard several oh, music, really? <laughs> several wow. songs from, from her. Um, so probably you are, if you're listening to this uh, and you are somehow familiar with some indie pop music, whatever, you probably heard a song or two by Sasha. Uh, but it's, it's great. I've, it's been on repeat for a while. <laughs> nice i'll take a listen i haven't heard of her before so we'll see maybe i know some songs and i'm just not aware you probably do yeah <laughs> nice uh i would say my favorites uh would be uh smiling when i die and the song called thank god which i thought was interesting okay uh cool that's it that's my recommendation. all right awesome are we are we done oh my god are we at the outro look at us we're, we we're there <laughs> Wow! Power through. You just you start you start recording and then <laughs> you just wait long enough and you're at the end. <laughs> wow! It's blowing my mind. Uh, can't believe high, that pe- that people listen to 15 minutes of of uh, a bleeped audio. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Remember that the, the those like albums on Spotify that was just silence and they would play that during like. The whole day just to get money from streams you remember that oh really you know no i don't remember that yeah huh it's, it's like it's like a whole album of like i don't know like four hours is just silence there's nothing but they would just ask their fans to play that like overnight or something when oh they're like and that would count they would make money out of that <laughs> anyway well that actually just, makes me think like, welcome uh, to Leia. Yeah. for an hour <laughs> That makes me think Chance the Rapper, when he put the uh, Acid Rap on Apple Music, had like, there was one of the tracks that were missing. And instead, it was just like a recording of him. It was like, hey, uh, it's Chance. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, we fuck, fucked up something on the rights for the song and like couldn't get it to be on the album on Apple Music in time. Um, I promise, like, we'll put it soon. And in the meantime, we'll donate all the profits. Uh, for the plays of this song uh, to a charity. So, like, wow. if you want, you know, feel free to play it on repeat, you know, and <laughs> we're going to donate all this money. <laughs> and I really apologize. That That is incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was actually wow. really funny. And it's kind of the, this this thing where, like, we don't really think of music, like the what we see on Apple Music and stuff like that, as, like, a thing that can be infinitely updated, but it is like the artists can go back yeah. and like mess with their music. Like Kanye West famously is always messing up with his songs. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm doing the outro, by the way. Um, As you're follow us on Twitter. LADFM. Follow me on Twitter. I'm Ed Rafahari. Follow Kevin on Twitter. He's at Vernal Kick. Find the show notes on Twitter. No. So find the show notes on our <laughs> website. It's loya.fm. <laughs> um, if you want to uh, listen to more stuff, like more, you know, other podcasts, uh, visit our, we call it not parent company because this, <laughs> it's our podcast family. Um, yeah. Uh, AT&T. No, just kidding. Uh, Spec <laughs> FM. <laughs> Go to spec.fm to learn more. And that's it. We got no sponsor this week, so no obligations. We're free. We can say whatever. Um, no, actually, I'm going to cut all that because then people will think that we can't say <laughs> certain things when That's we do true. have sponsors. 
You know what? No, I'm going to leave this part because people need to know how genuine this was. Um, <laughs> uh, that's it. Welcome hey, to I Layout. Hey, I did the outro. We can go. <laughs> welcome to Layout, uh, a show about design, technology, and everything else. This week's episode is sponsored by Cyberduck. <laughs> Do you want to FTP into your website like it's 1999? Download Cyberduck. <laughs> It's like a Cybertruck, but for your files. <laughs> Pre-order now for a hundred bucks. <laughs> uh... It's just like other ducks, but with a stronger metal that they can't really bend. <laughs>